Havila Cunnington, and this is Havila's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I could have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. Today we continue on the idea of overcoming. Again, we talked about last week how pain is real it's relevant to our development, and most of us end up in painful places, or I like to call them pits of pain, well before adulthood. And I want to talk a little bit about the moment we begin to be transformed, the moment we know that we take the first step to climb out of pain. And it might surprise you a little bit. You see, it's really key that we look again at the idea that James chapter 1 says that our pain, our trials and tribulations, our painful moments allow us, if we persevere and endure, allow our faith to become complete. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, it's the last thing I feel like doing is enduring. (laughs) I feel like I want to run. I want to cry. I want to hide. I want to blame. I want to be away from it. And that's real. But the moment we start to actually redefine our pain, it allows us to be mature. And one of the mature ways to look at pain is to realize that pain is important to our development. Pain allows us to know what is good for us, what is bad for us. It allows us to know if there's something broken in us and that needs more healing or more attention. And pain allows us to know that we are in process. Um, It's a good thing. And so the moment we start to realize that the pain, like if you broke your ankle, that pain and swelling is not, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. It's not bad. It's not a big deal. I'm so weak. I'm so, you know, what's wrong with me? Instead of actually hating our pain, acknowledging it and saying, okay, I need treatment for this pain. I need to figure out what to do with this pain uh, is the only way we'll get whole. And if you're, if you want to stand your pain, you're going to, it's going to be impossible for you to grow spiritually. It just is. You can memorize scripture. You can sing the songs. You can have the label, but internally you're going to know that every time someone touches that painful part of your life, you're going to react and it's going to either come out in anger. It's going to come out in fear. It's going to come out in anxiety. It's you're going to be depressed because pain, we're not meant to hold pain in our lives. We're meant to get out and grow from pain and to be whole. We're meant to have a pain-free environment. So I want to encourage you that every time you experience pain in your life, it presents you a choice. So every time you feel a sense of pain, whether it's remembering something or the way somebody interacted with you or something that's going on in your everyday life, I want you to, to the moment you feel that discomfort and that, oh, I don't want to be here and I don't like this and I want to run, I want to flee, I want to fight, I'm angry or I want to freeze, I don't know what to do, I actually have a choice and I get to choose who I want to be in the middle of it. Do I want to become an overcomer or do I want to stay where I am? Do I actually want to be powerful to the pain in my life? And how do I do that? And so I want to explain a little bit about that today. You know, pain presents us a choice. And that's that's one of the key components to getting healthy. It's very important that we look at the idea that pain is a place that if we actually nurture it and get healed and whole, 
it actually breaks all fear from our lives and it allows us to live in confidence. You see, the moment we walk through pain, our confidence grows. I thought about this as a, you know, in my own life, I had four pregnancies and my first pregnancy was tough. It was a tough pregnancy. I did not, I said it before my podcast, I did not like being pregnant. I felt like the three elements to pregnancy for me was laying down, <laughs> eating, and medicating. Like that was literally like the three elements to pregnancy for me and just getting bigger and wanting the baby out. I did not enjoy pregnancy. But the problem was is that the second pregnancy that I had, I had severe pain and it started about week 20 and it would only happen at the end of the day. So I would go through my regular life and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd feel like I could do my day. And then about four or five in the afternoon, I would start to have the severe pain kind of in my rib area and I didn't know what was going on. And so I would lay down, get off my feet and well, as my weeks went on, the baby got bigger, my pain increased until every day it would start a little earlier until eventually by 11 o'clock in the morning, I was having severe pain. I mean, such bad pain that I'd go to my doctor and she would medicate me and I would go to the emergency room and I would have to get on morphine. I mean, to the point where I literally said, I need this baby out. I, I have, my pain is so significant. I don't know what to do. And we would um, induce the baby and have the baby get out about 37 weeks to have the baby born to get out of the pain. And what it did was it would spiral me into postpartum depression because just even uh, medically, when your body is working so hard and is surviving and trying to get out of the pain, the moment you have that relief is the moment you you actually can spiral down. You have no more serotonin, no more dopamine, none of the feel-good hormones. Your body is depleted and broken. And that's how I felt. And so for three different times, the second first time I found out I had postpartum, I didn't know what to do. And I just ran to my doctor and I ran to my counselor and we just began to actually give me therapy physically and then also mentally and emotionally to get me out of place where I could actually understand what was happening and how I could get whole. The second time I had it, I, I devised a plan. I sat with my husband. I sat with my my parents and my pastor. And I said, here's the deal. I might have postpartum depression again, but I need a plan. Let's go through my plan again. And I talked about it. I'm going to go to my doctor. I'm going to my family counselor. I'm going to make sure I'm getting a good night's sleep and I'm exercising and all those elements of health. And then by the third time, even though we, in the middle of that, lost our job, had to move cities, left our church home of 15 years, I mean, a lot of traumatic moments... I did not dive into a place of hopelessness because I had a plan for it and I wasn't afraid of it. This is why I'm telling you the story is oftentimes in our life, if we don't have a plan for pain, we assume that if we just ignore it and we get through it, we won't actually need to have a plan for it next time. And it's not that we invite pain or trauma in our lives, but it's that we actually begin to look at it as a mature believer and we say, you know what, I'm probably going to have another broken relationship. I'm probably going to experience some heartache again. I'm probably going to experience some discouragement. And I need a plan for that because if I don't have a plan, it can take me out. And I, you know, I love that quote that Craig Grishel says, you know, life, my, my calling is too great and life is too short to live in a place of brokenness or live in a place of, of uh, a lack of power to our pain. So here's what I want to encourage you with is when we begin to get a plan, then the thing that once held us no longer holds us because all of a sudden we say, oh, I've, I've been here before and I know that I'm not going to be here forever. And we begin to mature. This is what James is talking about in the scripture. This is what's so vital to you. 
as a believer, and if you're sitting at my table, which you are, I'm going to be honest with you. You need a plan for the parts in your life that you don't know how to do, the parts in your life that you are padding, bubble wrapping so that you won't experience it. And what I'm saying is instead of in your immaturity and fear, staying away from painful places, I want you to actually say, no, I'm called to be an overcomer. I'm called to grow up in God. I'm called to be a a believer and a leader. And so part of that element is me getting a plan and walking that plan, whether I feel like it or not, doing the steps that require help so that I become an overcomer in my process. So this is what's key and a component to this is immature ways that we look at pain is we divorce it. We just go, you know what? I'll just go around it instead of go through it and I'll ignore it. And I just got to be honest with you, you can't divorce pain. Pain shows itself. It's like ignoring that you have a broken ankle and going, I'll just ignore it. I just won't step on it. And I'll just, I'll use crutches and I'll just sit on the bed. And pretty soon you'll realize that your life has been hindered. Your full life, your um, mobile life and your spiritual life is hindered because you won't actually step on the places of pain and get whole. And then secondly, oftentimes um, in a premature way, we end up developing skills to deal with pain as quickly as possible. And it hurts us because we're like, I'm over it. We've all met people like that. Well, I went through, you went through, oh my gosh, you went through that. And they're like, it was fine. I'm, you're, I'm over it. And you're like, it's been a week. Or it's been like a couple weeks, but you're over it? Like, I'm so sorry. that I don't even think that's possible, like, to be totally recovered and healed from that. So I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying, like, okay, are your roots, have your roots gone down deep enough for you to actually know your plan of healing, your pathway to healing? Have you actually been able to, to, to give God full permission to all accesses of it and say, God, touch me from every area, show me where it is, and can I actually have feedback on this area? And... Do I actually have a plan for next time? Those are ways that we know we're not premature in our in our in our process of pain. So I want to encourage you with the thought that you can either be drugged through your hard stuff or you can do them. You can, yeah, you can barely get through life and it's tough and it's hard. And you can say, I'm an overcomer, but really what you're doing is just enduring until you just die and go to heaven. Or you can actually do them. And say, I'm not going to be bound by fear. I'm not going to be bound by what ifs. I'm going to actually have the wins in my life. When God does this, when this opens up, when I have the income, I'm going to do this. And actually having a different perspective. What's really important is that we understand that we all end up in pits of pain in our life. I do too. And even in my own life today, there are areas that I I don't like pain. I'm not a natural person who likes to sit in places of pain and process. And I'm kind of like, okay, we're done. That's good. But we have to understand this one powerful moment, and that is they did a survey, and they looked at all powerful people, and they looked at, they tried to find a a defining component or an attribute that these people possessed that allowed them to be overcomers versus somebody who was powerless to their pain. And they found that it wasn't their gender, wasn't, oh, all females are the only people that are powerful are female, or only powerful people are male. It wasn't an age demographic where, oh, well, you have to be over the age of 30 to be powerful. It wasn't um, a matter of education. Well, if you are fully educated, then you can be powerless to pain. It wasn't about skill or physical attributes or how popular you were or whatever your IQ. It had one defining component to being powerful, to becoming an overcomer. And that one component and you have this, is the power to choose. The choice. It's that red line in our life that says, I'm either going to stay where I am in the pit of pain and ignore it, 
I'm actually going to climb out of this pain. And it's going to take me a bit and it's going to be a process. But if I can climb out, I can get powerful again and I can get back to dreaming. I guess my question to you this week is, what are you choosing? What's your choice? And how are you activating your choice? How are you choosing to become a powerful person? And some of it is, half of it's just accepting it and saying, I'm going to choose, this is what I want to do. I want to be whole. And you go, well, I don't know how to do all that. Well, the good news about being in Christ is we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be able to say yes to the one who does. That's the key component of becoming an overcomer. I don't know how to make my faith complete. I don't know how to get through this trial. I don't know how to get through this heartache. I don't have a plan for all of this, but I know you do. And some days it's, I see my future five years down the road. And some days it's day by day, hour by hour. I choose you. I choose to endure. I choose to climb out today. This moment, I surrender to the work of the cross in my life to believe you, God, that you can do what I cannot do on my, on my own. I want to end with this one last, this last story. The other day, my son, um, two of my sons, they have a hard time getting along. I don't know why. Um, I think they're both great. <laughs> I get along with both of them. But out of the all four, there's just two of them that you can tell they just kind of rub each other the wrong way. And often we ask them to be respectful to each other and to love each other. But, you know, again, we're not asking them to be robots and do exactly what we ask them to do. We just ask them to kind of endure, right? So one of our sons on the way home, he is really mad at his brother. And his brother is trying to put a seatbelt on. He's saying, he doesn't have a seatbelt on. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And the other brother is getting more and more frustrated until he finally cries because he's just tormenting him and then finally throws a shoe at his brother, hits him in the ear. The other brother screams, cries, acts like his head was cut off by the other brother's <laughs> shoe and is just overwhelmed. And I'm sitting in the car and I've heard all this. And what I've seen is that Hudson is like egging on. I shouldn't have said his name, but you guys know now. He's egging him on and egging him on, egging him on. And then the other one just throws a shoe like, I'm out. Well, we got out of the car and I asked the all three boys to go in the house and for Hudson and I to go on the back porch and go sit and talk about this. So I get on the back porch. My husband, Ben, is home. And so the three of us go on the back porch and begin to talk to Hudson. I say, Hudson, listen, I understand that he bothers you, your brother. I get it. But honestly, son, you this isn't just a one-time moment. This is actually something that you've allowed in your life. And there's really resentment. Like I can see it. Every time this brother does something or tries to interact with you, you refuse to interact. You're upset. You're frustrated. And you're not being kind. And I, I think that there's really a part of you that has a hard time forgiving him. And I said, is that true? And he said, yeah, that's true. And I said, and I'm, I'm talking to him about it. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reminds me, Havala, I'm the one that helps you. You, he needs me in his life. He's not going to be able to do this on his own. He can't will himself into this. He's going to have to ask because in his mind, it doesn't make sense to offer kindness. It doesn't make sense for him to, to love his brother outside of himself. And so I looked at him and I said, you know, son, I said, I understand it is, it's hard to forgive. And sometimes it's impossible to forgive. It's impossible to love when we don't know how to love. It's impossible to offer forgiveness when we don't want to forgive and we don't actually feel anything. And I said, that is the power of us being Christians, believers, is God helps us do what we cannot do. And yeah, we make a choice, but the Holy Spirit inside of us helps us. And I said, you know, Hudson, this is what you need. You need God to come live inside of you, to empower you, to make the hard choices. And I said, would you like that? And he said, I would. And I think this is the process for all of us. 
some of what I'm talking about, you're like, I can't imagine myself getting over that. I can't imagine myself moving past that. I can't imagine making a choice to live different. And I'm saying to you, you need the work of the Holy Spirit to help you. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want to activate my free will. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to go from here, but I need your help. I can do nothing apart from you. I am connected to the vine, the Bible says, and I can do nothing apart from you. So Holy Spirit, will you help me? I want to fight. I want to run. I want to freeze. But what I really need to do is walk through my pain and I need a shepherd. I need Psalms 23. Though I walk the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I need you to comfort me and keep me in the process of overcoming the pain in my life. I hope that encourages you. Welcome him in today and just say, Holy Spirit, I invite your ever-present reality in my life to help me become an overcomer, to overcome from being powerless to pain to becoming powerful. Invite him to do that very thing. And I'll catch you next time. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God is trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars? I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time. Oh,